what people in the city do at art openings, they drink a Prosecco or something, we go for a walk instead. <laughs> I'm arts journalist Jan Patience and you're listening to The Work of Art, a podcast by the National Galleries of Scotland. In this three-part series, we'll be looking at the issues that face artists working in Scotland today. From running their own spaces to funding their own work, and what happens when public opinion is divided. In this episode, we'll be finding out what it's like to live and work as an artist in a rural community. Although we think of cities as the key centres of art in Scotland, artist communities and centres exist and thrive all over the country. Small communities aren't synonymous with small ideas. Claudia Zeiska moved from her native Germany to Huntley 22 years ago. Halfway between Aberdeen and Elgin, Huntley is a small market town at the foot of the Cairngorms with about 4,500 inhabitants. Claudia is not someone who thinks small. She established Devrin Arts, now known as Devrin Projects, from her living room. And last year she undertook a project which saw her walk from her adopted home of Huntley to her mother's home near Munich. To get a better sense of Devrin projects, Claudia gave us a tour of its premises. So we have been in existence since 1995, but initially a very voluntary organisation, um, quite sort of traditional art development in the rural area. And then uh, it has sort of grown into a more international and year-round programme that we are running now. And then here we have a library, and it's quite dedicated to social engaged art, that library. And the other part is sort of to art and walking. This is a real passion we have. We use walking a lot to bring people together, to socialize. So walking, cooking, uh, gardening, and, and eating is actually sort of the mechanisms how we try to bring people together. We have done over 100 projects over the years. And each project at the end gets a, a, an archive. So this is our archive, and you see it gets very full. Um, and the archive is also mirrored digitally on the website. We have two houses. They, we don't own those houses, but we have them. One we get for free from a local philanthropist, one could say. And the other one we get very cheaply from a very kind-minded person. So that's where the artists and the interns live. And then otherwise, we, have this, we get this for free from the council. Um, because basically places were was completely run down, so we found money to do it a little bit up. And um, we share now the premises with the library and with the Huntley Development Trust. Instead of having a gallery space, Devon Projects sees the town as the venue. They invite artists to work within the community to create socially engaged projects. Not surprisingly, people are curious to visit. I'm Anna Francis and this is... I'm Rebecca Davis. And yeah, we're artists, uh, we're based in Stoke-on-Trent and we're just up in Lumsden doing um, a residency and I've been following Devron's work for quite a long time and while we're here we just thought it'd be great to come and see the work for ourselves. And I think seeing how embedded Devron is in mm. the place in Huntley, which is it's quite a strange place in a way to me because it's not close to a, a big city, but there's this amazing wealth of artistic practice happening here. And I think it's really good just to see how an arts programme can make such a difference, you know, in a, in a place like Huntley. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we just really wanted to come and see, you know, how how is it working on, on a kind of daily basis? Mm -hmm. Because I guess if you're looking from afar, 
you you get a good sense of it but it's really interesting to come and see how people you know are coming to the Friday lunch and hearing the talks and seeing seeing the work mm. that's happening it's just a small town where we have everything like a school and library and swimming pool what a bigger city has but in a small format and so we are here since 1995 and for us the town is the venue so we quite deliberately don't have a gallery or an art center but we sort of populate and inhabit the town as other people do and what's important is that we listen carefully in a almost a sort of anthropological way uh, through participant observation we all live here and we, we work here and live here and live here and work here so it's quite important sort of to always gather what people need and what makes the town tick and so we identify the issues and the problems and the kind of topics that we work with and then we bring artists to the town that collaborate with the town folks. We bring artists from all over the world, so they're sometimes coming from this area, but we uh, bring uh, people from other places around Scotland, but as well as from abroad. And we had artists from as far as Cuba and Congo and Ethiopia and artists from China and India and um, Lebanon and so on. So uh, um, that is quite important to keep always this local global dimension and we call it 50-50 approach. So it's this local global artist community, locality and hospitality and um, home and away. That, that kind of conundrum is what makes Devon Arts tick. Well, what really comes really handy here as a tool is uh, Patrick Geddes, who is a, a community planner that originally comes from Aberdeenshire, and he has a, a, a grid called Workplace Folk. So when we're talking about place work folk, if you always have these as circles coming together, and he really believes in a good home, you know, in a quite old-fashioned sense. So if he's, or everybody has a good home where the work works, <laughs> so work and play, this, this, this dichotomy, where uh, friendship and conflict and where nature and culture, so when we talk about nature culture with, with the environment, uh, our architectural environment, our town planning, as well as our local environment, um, you know, the forest that we have around here, and we are sort of here in the foothills of the Good Cairngorms, where this is all acknowledged and works well together. So you have a good home, and if everybody had a good home, we would have a very good world. This is, in a nutshell, how he thinks. And so we take this kind of framework as a, as a starting point. And that is very important for us. The other things that are quite important is, um, is you know, what are the tools? And actually walking is a very important tool for us. But another one is actually gardening and uh, uh, cooking and eating together. So that whole cycle of hospitality and uh, looking at... Uh, what place one has in bringing people together. So uh, every week we do a Friday lunch and for this Friday lunch we invite a speaker and that can be very often a speaker of like just from our locality. We had all kind of people, a local farmer talking about their work or maybe a local doctor talking about their work. But we also have had um, artists from through Skype from very far flung places, people who could never travel at this very moment in time. Um, and so today we had uh, another Friday lunch and all kind of people come to this, both our staff as well as the artists, but also people from the community. And like today, there was the local MP. He joined the lunch today. 
All the best, everybody. Well done. Yeah, thank you again for the food. Um, so, my name's Rachel Ashton, and I live uh, about 10 miles out of Huntley. Um, I'm a painter, uh, and this is my first uh, artist residency. Um, so, Claudia, Claudia from Denver Projects approached me about just under a year ago and suggested this project uh, to me, which is a collaboration with another painter who is in Gaza who is also an artist resident here with us, but will never actually physically be here in Huntley. So we've been communicating by um, WhatsApp and Facebook and Skype and so on for almost a year, um, and sharing videos uh, of each other's landscape, which we're both painting, um, and learning a bit about each other's country, obviously, in the communication. But it's quite a different way of working for me because I'm you know, I'm being presented with subjects to paint rather than choosing my own. And even though I do paint landscapes, sometimes it, it, I, certain types of landscapes that you know I'll be drawn to certain certain scenes that I can sort of stylize in the way that I do. And this is quite a different way of working, which has been very interesting for me and and I think quite expanding for my practice because I'm trying sort of a lot of new things. I think every place has something interesting to offer and you just have to look very deeply. This model, the town is when it only works for small places. I don't think it works in a city. You cannot deal with a million people, you know. For us, the amount of people that we have here is like a, a big hospital, a big factory or something. That's the kind of amount of people have to sometimes manage. So not that I won't at all say that we are managing people, but we can sort of oversee it. Whereas you couldn't do that in a city like Glasgow. And so that is quite important that we can actually quite easily bring together a whole range of people. Whereas I feel in the city, this is always, you're very quickly much more compartmentalized and I would not be able to introduce this methodology as easily there. I would have to think a different way. Working in a rural area can provide artists and organisations with the opportunity to think differently and to create something which exists more tangibly outside the art world. I went to see A New Era, an exhibition of Scottish modern art at the National Galleries of Scotland in 2018. Senior curator Alice Strang was there and she told me about Scottish artists associated with the famous artist colony at St Ives in Cornwall. Margaret Mellis, who's represented in the exhibition, um, she studied at Edinburgh College of Art and then she moved down to London. And she married the critic Adrian Stokes and they bought a relatively large house, Little Park Owls, in Carbis Bay, not far from St Ives. And when the Second World War began in 1939, Ben Nicholson, Barbara Hepworth, their triplets, Cook and Nanny, went to stay with Mellis and Stokes. And Nam Garbo and his wife and their daughter moved um, nearby relatively soon afterwards. And in fact, just in 1940, Wilhelmina Barnes Graham, on the renewal of her maintenance scholarship from Edinburgh College of Art, uh, would traditionally have gone to France, but of course the conflict ruled that out. So its wonderful principal, Hubert Wellington, suggested that she go down to St Ives because he knew that there was this group of British modernists working there with whom he thought she would be in sympathy. And it's true, Barnes Graham moves down to St Ives in 1940 and therefore 
joined the fledging St Ives School and becomes a pioneer of British abstraction in her own right. This influx of artists established St Ives as a centre for modern and abstract developments in British art. They created a collective in rural Cornwall which operated outside the more established art scenes in cities like London, Paris and Edinburgh. Tate St Ives has an extensive collection of work by the St Ives School. But that's not the only place where you can see their work. Carrie Adams, Museum and Gallery Assistant at the Peer Arts Centre in Orkney. The permanent collection here, the original core collection, was gifted by Margaret Gardner to the people of Orkney and she was pivotal in establishing the art centre here. And her collection was predominantly made up of Barbara Hepworth, Ben Nicholson, Alfred Wallace, Peter Lanyon, Margaret Mellis, uh, Terry Frost, this sort of course and Ives artists. She moved in all of these circles and she bought art for very personal reasons and as a means of actually supporting her friends. It was, you know, buying their artwork was a way of actually putting bread on, on the table for them. So her decision to give the people of Orkney this wonderful collection made up of all, all the St Ives artists um, was to really establish something special up here. And I think for artists and creatives working here today, um, it's an invaluable resource. It's a place where people can come and spend quiet time. People can come to events. People can be involved in projects. Um, people can exhibit here. We've got an open exhibition every Christmas. Um, so it really is central in supporting uh, local arts within the community here in Stromness. Margaret Gardner's bequest to Orkney and the subsequent establishment of the Peer Arts Centre created a ripple effect within the creative community. Since it was established in 1979, the Peer has expanded its collection, developed an engaging programme and provided opportunities for artists. As well as working at the Peer, Carrie is also an artist and a member of the Moti Collective, a group of young artists based in Orkney. I'm Ingrid Garrick um, and I'm from Orkney and currently live and work in Orkney. I studied uh, fashion textiles at uni um, and that's what I do daily is work as a designer. I'm Emma Fraser, I live and work in Orkney as well and I grew up here. I normally do 3D installations. I'm Kerry Anfley, I studied at Duncan and Jordanston in Dundee. I currently work in ceramics. I'm Stephanie Spence and I live and work in Orkney. My work is mainly um, architectural based. I find influence in all different types of buildings and look at the kind of more geometric shapes within them. And then I work at the Peer Arts Centre here for the Moti exhibition as well. My name is uh, Louise Barrington and I'm based here in Orkney, from Orkney as well. I studied um, in London. I decided being an 18 year old kind of head to the big lights and went to St Martin's, I did textile design. And then I went to the Slade and did uh, fine art in the sculpture department. Returning to Orkney, Louise helped set up the Moti Collective and found that working as a group eased some of the pressures of working alone. The idea was that people, graduates from Orkney College and folk coming back to Orkney like myself, 
we'd have kind of like a, a support group or a group or we'd kind of show work or we'd do something. So we had our first show in the Orkney Museum and a lot of folk have kind of approached us. So the pier, for instance, last summer we put on a show in um, a small gallery called North Lights in Strumness. And it's more of a case of folk kind of opting in instead of opting out. So, you, you know, with everyday life, people are busy and work and um, there's that opportunity to just kind of keep making show work, have the support, have a dialogue between each other. And I think that's really important in any place, whether it's a city or in a con- you know, the countryside or the islands. So that's really the kind of focus is to kind of keep making work. And especially with Orkney College, um, having their graduates coming out more each year or it's it depended on the numbers were there for folk and for folk kind of returning to the islands as well. Most of us are are based here throughout the year but you know some some of us do have work that takes us off the island for instance but I think in a way that only underscores this whole idea that well, maybe we're not that remote, you know, maybe we're not that separate from everything else that goes on. Maybe we are still facing the same challenges that an artist in Edinburgh or Glasgow would face, you know, just the challenge of um, making new work, of having a studio space, having the funding to put on an exhibition, um, the funding to make a catalogue or... You know, it's, these are all challenges that as an individual you face, but as a collective, you can kind of tackle in a slightly different way. You can sort of hone and drive all these different skills that everybody brings to that collective and you can kind of share that pressure. It just eases things, I think, for you. I feel really lucky in the sense that also I studied uh, fashion and textiles away and I worked as a designer away. I also saw an opportunity to come and work with a small design studio locally um, and took it because I feel like often it's been the case of in the kind of rural um, environments that sometimes you've just got to take the decision to do your own work and that's the way that you can pursue that within a specific place Um, but I would certainly like to think that even recently it seems like there's a lot more opportunities for young people to pursue kind of their interests but equally because there have been so many creatives who have set up or just followed their passions in Orkney you're kind of already aware of that community and kind of seeing people having done it before doesn't limit your mindset I think being brought up in a rural community as well you're just very aware that if you do want to go places or do things it's just part of your day-to-day life that you maybe have to travel that bit further or kind of overcome these challenges. It does have drawbacks though because you have like a limited audience because you know it has its plus sides because then it's easier for people to know who you are and know your work but then there is only so many people that live in Orkney as well which can be a bit limiting. Um, Even just the pressure of town city life you can feel overwhelmed almost and there's so many options that you end up becoming even more confused or you don't necessarily go and follow your dreams but but here there's definitely I don't know it's quite magic actually it's um and I think everybody sitting here you know whether we have part-time jobs or whether we're practicing artists 
I think there is that focus there and the support of a wider community as well as this sort of core artist collective that makes you just want to follow your heart and, and keep making. We're an island, so we make our own way and make our own way of doing things. And I think that's maybe part of what you find so magic about Orkney is that if you want to do something, you find a way to do it. And that typifies island life. You always know who to go to in a place like Orkney. So if I wanted to make something and I don't know how to go about making it, I will know somebody who does film or does, uh, I don't know, joiner or, you know, I, I know lots of other people. So if I have a problem, it's much easier for me to be able to find somebody that I know that might be able to help me resolve a problem. And so we're all kind of like living on top of each other. But it's actually... Um, sometimes claustrophobic, but most of it, it can be like really helpful as well because you know exactly who to go to if you have an idea or you want to achieve a certain goal, then you think, oh, I, I know that, you know, like, oh, I know Louise is really into that and I, maybe she wants to join in on it or, or not just within Moti, but within a, the whole community. I don't make my money through being creative. I have several little part-time jobs, but I do art workshops here at the Pure Art Centre. The Pure Art Centre is a really good facility because there's lots of things going on and lots of opportunities and they mentored me from the very beginning learning how to do them and now I do the workshops here. So it's a really good and positive environment to be around but there's not a lot of places like the Pure Art Centre for the amount of people who would like to have jobs like that. So I think we're quite lucky that everybody else here except me it <laughs> works, it makes their money from being creative, but um, there's lots of people who don't. There is plenty of opportunities, but not, not enough, but that's just the way it goes in a small community. The Work of Art is a three-part series brought to you by the National Galleries of Scotland with me, Jan Patience.